You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Uh, if you turn to the book of Hebrews this morning, Hebrews chapter number 2, the book of Hebrews chapter number 2, and uh, you know, not too long ago we were preaching a message about uh, Jesus being a friend. And we were looking at some sad statistics about people, the number of people who, I can't remember the percentage, but we were looking at different age ranges, but the number of people that didn't feel like that they had one true friend, period. Uh, Talking about the rates of loneliness, talking about the rates of people who just feel utterly alone, even when they're around people. You know, there's some people, a lot of people, They're scared to be themselves because if somebody really knows who they are, they're afraid maybe they won't be accepted for who they are. So they put on face, they'll put on a face and try to do things to be accepted by others. But there's a a great message that is oftentimes missed, period. But it's a great one of the great messages of Christmas is this is that Jesus cares about you. Now I know that can sound cliche, Uh, it can almost sound kind of generic. But I hope by the time I'm done preaching today that it won't be generic. Jesus literally cares about you. He knows you very well and He cares about you very much. And that is one of the messages that's illustrated in the Christmas story, honestly. Uh, I entitled today's message, Help for Christmas. Help for Christmas. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, I want to begin reading in verse number 14 where the Bible says, In Hebrews 2.14, it's not a familiar passage, but I hope you'll get familiar with it. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Now the children, the reference here is specifically to the children of Israel, but more broadly it's to us. We are flesh and blood. So the Bible says, He also, meaning Jesus, also likewise took part of the same. It's what we're celebrating, isn't it? Jesus Christ became a man. He was born as a baby. He took on flesh and blood. That through death, which was His mission when He came, through death He might destroy him that had power of of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now notice this. This is interesting. This is just a cool little theological point. For verily, He took not on Him the nature of angels. Now, there are some angels that would need redemption. Because if you'll remember, a fourth of the angels followed Lucifer in his rebellion. But there's no hope of redemption for the angels because Jesus didn't come as an angel and die and and, and pay the price for angels to be redeemed. But the Bible says he didn't take on him the form of angels, the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Why? Why was Jesus made into man? Well, we saw earlier that he died. And of course, that's a message that there will not be a Sunday hopefully here to where I won't at some point mention the fact that Jesus died on the cross and rose again the third day for you. Um, So we preach that a lot. 
He, he became man so that He could suffer death. As our Redeemer, as our kinsman, Redeemer. Beautiful message in that as well. But it also says, Wherefore in all things it behooved Him to be made like unto His brethren, that He might be a merciful, merciful, merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. <laughs> in this one verse right here, verse number 18, the Bible says, for in, him, for in that He Himself suffered, being tempted, He is able to succor them that are tempted. Now, we don't use that word sucker too often today, and I'll tell you more about it in a second. It is used, just not very often and not every day. There's a verse in the book of Isaiah that, that is referenced here also. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, I believe verse number 5, the Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now let's just pause there a second. You ever had any sorrows? You ever had any grief? You ever had any lonely times that feels like nobody could relate or understand? Times you felt forsaken? Have you ever felt betrayed? Have you ever found out people are saying things about you behind your back that are not true? Or saying things behind your back that are true? That you just didn't need to be, hope that would be repeated? Uh, you ever been through any of those kinds of things? Well, let me tell you something. So was Jesus. You ever been broke? So was Jesus. You ever been out without a place to live? So was Jesus. Jesus thought, when they come to follow Jesus, He said, He said, y'all can follow me, but you need to understand something. The birds have nests. The foxes have holes. But he said, I don't have a place to lay down. You, you think about the darkest conditions of human life. The Bible says that Jesus suffered these same things. Jesus suffered temptation, which temptation does not always mean temptation to sin. Sometimes being tempted just means to be tried or go through a trial. Jesus did was put under the scrutiny and the temptation Satan, especially trying to tempt him to sin. The, uh, the thing that is very important to know about Jesus, however, is that since He is God in the flesh, the Bible says there was no sin in Him. What, a t what, what attracts a, a magnet? It's metal. There, there's, there's forces there that attract one another, right? Well, the thing with Jesus is, since there was no sin in Jesus... There was nothing to actually draw Jesus to sin. He, wasn't, he didn't have the capability of sinning. But, nonetheless, he was still tempted to sin. Satan tried to uh, entice him to sin. Uh, but here's the thing. While he was here on earth, since Jesus was made like unto his brethren, he knew what it was again. Think about it. Jesus knew what it was to be helpless. He knew what it was to be like to be a helpless baby. To be dependent on others. He knew what it meant to be a growing child. Boy, I'm looking around. We, we got some chair. We, it's, it's the Sunday after Christmas and a lot of people are going to thinking teens. And I'm like, okay, teens. Uh, not as many of them to preach to today. But teens. He knew what it was to be a teenager. 
He knew what it was to grow up with the mom and dad. Uh, he, he knew all of that. He knew what it was like to be an adolescent. He knew what it was like to be a maturing adult. He knew the experiences of weariness. Anybody ever tired? There's some people that, that suffer from fatigue. Let me tell you something. Jesus knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was to be weary. He went through these things. He went through thirst. He knew what it was again to, to, to go through the many things that we mentioned earlier. And because of this, the Bible says that Jesus, there in the verses that we read, is merciful and faithful. Jesus is able to be merciful toward people. And He's able to be faithful toward God in His priestly ministries. Now, the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus uh, offered on the cross, you think about it, from His priestly duties, Jesus was both the priest and the sacrifice. He offered, the Bible says He offered Himself but then guess what? He rose again the third day to, then to, uh, to, uh, to take the, uh, the blood to heaven, to the very mercy seat in heaven. We learn about that in the book of Hebrews. All those things are pictures of, uh, all the things in the Bible were pictures of what's truly in the heavenlies. Jesus became the priest. He offered the sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. He rose again to, uh, uh, to uh, present the blood. So he, but, but, the, but the point is this. He, he went through all of these things, but let me tell you something. He conquered these things. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered everything that we go through now. Therefore, the Bible says He's able to be merciful. I shared that verse with you just a moment ago, verse number 18 of chapter 2, where the Bible says He's able to succor them, succor them who are tempted. I love this word because here's what that word literally means. It means to run to. To run to. Or to run to the support of someone else. It means to help. It means to relieve when in difficulty. This is a term that would be, that, that honestly, if you uh, read or watch more, even around the world wars, you'll, you'll find this term succor come up sometimes because it's when other troops would come in and succor uh, the, those that are in battle running to the aid of another, coming in to offer, how about this one, reinforcements. You ever feel like you need reinforcements in the battle? Uh, that's what Jesus is able to do. Uh, he's able to come in a time of difficulty, a time of want, a time of distress, to assist and deliver us uh, as uh, succoring a besieged city or prisoners, somebody that's coming to the aid, running to the help of. Can you just get that picture there? I mean, I don't know why, but my, my mind goes to the battlefield, and I, I, just see, I just see maybe a fallen comrade out on the battlefield, and I see that soldier risking all, running to the help of that man that's been uh, cut down in the field and needs to be dragged to safety and try to get him some help. Guess what? That's a beautiful picture, but that's what Jesus is able to do for you. Jesus cares about you so much, the Bible says He's able to succor them who are tempted. He's able to help them. He's able to run to you. I, I, one of the pictures and one of the ways this word would have been used in this time, it also meant to run to the cry of a child. <laughs> to run to the cry of a child. You know, is there anything that would keep you from help, helping one of your, especially one of your small children if they were in uh, danger? I remember reading, or actually watching years ago, 
And this family was uh, out uh, down in the Everglades in Florida, you know, uh, a lot of alligators down there, and uh, they were riding bikes along the trails of the Everglades, which doesn't sound like the best idea in the world to me, but that's what they were doing. Well, the, uh, the, the, the children kind of fell behind a little bit on their bikes, and one of the kids uh, kind of took a curve too sharp, whatever happened, kind of fell over into the water, and lo and behold, there wasn't an alligator right there. True story. Uh, and the, I believe that was the son. The daughter started screaming. I'm sure the son was screaming, Help! You know, uh, just trying to, trying to, and their parents were close enough, they were in earshot, were they able to head back? Now, can you imagine the frantic feeling of that parent? Hearing that cry, because you moms know more than maybe us dads, that that cry, there's something about that cry. There's, that's a serious cry. There's something really wrong. That's not somebody's skin to knee. That's something's really wrong. And so, so your heart's pounding and you're doing, and, and, and this mom and this dad, they're doing everything they can. And without a thought, this mom is running, arriving. She, she gets off her bike. She goes without a thought, runs to the aid of her son, jumps in the water and begins to attack the alligator. Poking it in the eyes and, and whatever else. And, 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 and she was able to get the alligator to open its mouth and, 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 and drag her son out. And they were able to save her son ultimately. But I just think about that picture of somebody I love is in need. I'm going to get there. That's what this word is, folks. What, remember what I said earlier? Jesus cares about you. What do you care about, Gunner? What are you going through in your life? You don't have to answer me. Don't think you're not really on the spot that much. But let me tell you something. When you're going through something, Hawker, when you're going through something, I'm going to tell you Jesus cares about you. I mean, uh, you know, they're, 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 maybe they're a kid and, and you tell somebody, oh, this is really, really bothering me. And you're like, well, wait till you get to be my age. Uh, you know, you'll find out there's more stuff to bother you than that. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. If it matters to him, it matters to Jesus. And I'm telling you, Jesus is able to succor them. He's able to run to the aid of. And that's exactly what he does. See, uh, you think about this wonderful, wonderful picture. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, just turn over a couple pages there. Well, you may not even need to turn but a page. But in Hebrews chapter number 4, uh, some of my favorite verses. The Bible says this. Seeing then, Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavenlies, or to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities. And by the way, our infirmities right there, that speaks of our weaknesses. And I want to I back up and read that a little bit slower. For we have not an high priest, which is a way of saying we do have a high priest, that is touched, touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, and as I told you earlier, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. And I'll close with that verse in just a moment. Man, see... What I'm trying to preach to you today, the reason this is a Christmas message, though it may not seem like one, is that the Bible promised in the book of Zechariah 
that Jesus, when the Messiah came, the Bible says in Zechariah 6, verse 12, it says, Behold the man, because Jesus became a man so that he could suffer these things. Yes, most of us know and accept. I'm not telling you anything when I told you he became a man so he can die. That's, we're like, yep, heard that, heard that, heard that. And you've heard what I'm telling you right now. But I'm afraid that we just don't think about it enough. I'm afraid that we don't put enough stock into it now. Behold the man, the Bible says in the book of Zechariah. Pilate, in the book of John chapter number 19, he looks at Jesus Christ and without any knowledge, I don't believe he had any knowledge of what he was saying, uh, but God still allowed him to make this statement. Behold the man. Zechariah said, Behold the man. Pilate said, Behold the man. As he stood there with the crown of thorns about to be put on the cross. Uh, Behold the man. He became a man for you. He became a man. Why? Yes, so that he could die, but so that he so he could secure us. So he could be a passionate, a merciful, a caring high priest. What matters to you today? I'm telling you, whatever it is, it matters to Jesus. If you're here today, let me just tell you something. And if you're here today today and you don't know Christ as Savior, let me tell you something. He knows you and loves you. And I'm telling you, He wants you to be forgiven of your sins. He wants you to be in a relationship. He wants to help you. He really does. I mean, you must confess your sins and admit your need of Him. But I'm telling you, child of God, let me tell you something. We need to learn to avail ourselves. We are encouraged in these verses to go to Jesus to find grace to help in the time of need. We don't do it enough. You know what else? I don't think we cry out enough. Now, we may complain a little bit, but I think that we just need to get down to where we say, Jesus, help me. Lord, I need your help. Quit trying to be all big and bad and self-sufficient and just say, Lord, I need your help. Jesus knows what you're going through. And whatever it is that you're ever going to go through, He knows what you're going through. He cares about what you're going through. Oh, man, what a great Savior. Every, every believer is invited. Everybody's invited to Christ. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you're invited, you're encouraged to come boldly to the throne of grace. How many of you love asking people for help? You don't have to raise your hand. There probably won't be too many hands that go up. We don't like asking people for help. I'm not going to ask Trey for help because he'll do that to me. All right? We don't like asking people for help. I'm bad about it. I really, I'm trying to get better because people tell me, Pastor, if you need anything, let me know. Well, need's a strong word, right? I mean, I can be hauling something crazy that I shouldn't be even messing with. Well, you know, Tyson said if I needed him, but I don't really need him. I can... I might end up in the hospital afterwards, but I I don't need him. I can get this. I got this. We don't like asking for help. But a lot of times we don't like asking for help. Sometimes it's because we're so darn proud. But other times it's just because I don't really want to bug anybody. I don't know if I... I mean, I think about about people around, and, and that's why it's good to have friends, and we got such a great church. But I think about, it's good when you got people that, and I'm telling you, there's, there's at least one person in this church. Uh, i got to be careful if I even hint that I need something. He's not here this morning. Hopefully he's listening. But, man, I'm telling you, there's a guy that if I just say, yeah, I'll just tell you who it is because I pick on him so much. It's Ralph. And i got to be careful what I say right now because he, he might leave Oklahoma and be on his way if he hears me, okay? I'm, I don't really need anything, Ralph. I'm good. 
My grill ain't working again, but we'll talk about that later. But it, it, literally, it can be the smallest thing. It can be the smallest thing. And, Mel, and, and Chad even got me the other day. He's like, you didn't tell him that. About something that I needed or was wanting to do. Because he knows. He'll walk, off his, he'll walk off what he's doing on his job and come up to Elk Point right now. That's the kind of guy he is. All right? So i got to be careful telling him I need anything. He's just, just that way. But, you know, but, but sometimes we're just like, I don't know. Well, people, how are people going to be, you know? Yeah, you ever ask somebody for help? Maybe somebody asks you for help and you're like, again? You know, really? I mean, you know, any of you got a pickup? You don't want to raise your hand. I got one, so I'm not trying to get your help, okay? Uh, but you know what it's like? Oh, you got a pickup. Yes, I do. Uh, but, I mean, uh, you, you, you need help. And sometimes people don't want to help. But, man, I may, I may go off the camera here for a second. Now, man looks like, man can often look like that when we need help. Draw back and kind of like, uh, you, you know, the people that you don't want to ask how they're doing or if they need anything because uh, they might really tell you what they need or something. And uh, you'll be, But listen, that's not how Jesus is. The Bible says he's able to run. You need help? He runs. But here's the thing. He's waiting to hear. He's waiting, to, he's waiting for someone to say, Jesus, <laughs> see, <laughs> hush, Trey. I still got my breath. You hear, you see? Um, the children of Israel got in trouble. The children of Israel got in trouble. You know why? Because they, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but it just was something when he was going through the, the Old Testament earlier this year. They would call on God for help. But at the same time, they would still be depending on Egypt, on Pharaoh. And so, on one hand, they're trusting in, well, here's a cross. We can go that way, can't we? They're trying to say, yeah, we, we need the Lord, but just in case, we need Pharaoh too. We need Egypt. He's an, he's an ally of ours. This is way after the days of Moses and everything. We need, we need Pharaoh too. But the problem was, they were warned about leaning on Pharaoh. That means they may have been trying to hold on to the Lord, but the Bible says they were leaning over here on Pharaoh. Now, I got this sharp Christmas tree because the Bible says you've got to be careful leaning on Pharaoh because he's, it's going to be like a broken reed, and it's going to end up going sticking through your hand. And what you're depending on is going to end up hurting you. And God is over here saying, okay, so which is it? You're paying me lip service. You kind of got your hand on me a couple times a week. But what you're really leaning on is the world. That's what Egypt represents. You're really leaning on the world. You know what? We need to start leaning on Jesus. We need to start leaning on the old rugged cross. We need to start realizing that we don't have to trust in the world. We've got a Savior. Amen? And we can go to Him. And the Bible's, And here's the great thing about it. I love this. Go back to... Verse number 16 of Hebrews 4. The Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. Listen to this. That we may feel better about ourselves. It's not what it says, is it? That we may obtain mercy. Remember, he's merciful. But notice this. 
and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, I just love coming to church and it makes me feel better. And that's good, don't get me wrong. But let me tell you something, He wants to help you. Pray and just, I, I pray and it makes me feel a little better. Well, that's fine, but it ain't about feeling, it's about getting help. But what we've got to learn to do is quit leaning on other things, leaning on the world, leaning on other crutches. You know, again, in relation, going back to the Christmas story again, Isaiah chapter number 9, verse 6, where the Bible says, for unto, you know, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the Bible says his name shall be called Wonderful. We'll preach about that in, uh, maybe next week, about Jesus being God in the flesh, the Gospel of John. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Counselor. Now, Jesus is a counselor. What's that? That's what we're preaching about today. He shall be called the counselor. He's somebody who knows what you're going through. He's somebody you can talk to. He's somebody who has walked the same path. He's somebody who has gone through what you've gone through. Folks, think about this. Think about the awesomeness of this. No other religion can claim what Christianity claims. A God who truly understands you from the inside out and from the inside of your experience. You ever look how scary the heathen gods are? Man, those are some scary looking gods, not our God. He understands you from the inside of your experience. There's no other religion that says God has suffered, that God had to be, to be courageous, that He knows what it's like to be abandoned by friends, crushed by injustice, tortured and killed. Christmas shows He knows what you're going through, and when you talk to Him, He cares, He understands. And I'm just going to try to drive this home and then present a challenge to you today. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. I love this verse. It came to mind today. Casting all your care on Him, for He careth for you. Casting all... How much care? All care, thank you. All care on Him. Not just, not just a little bit of it, but all of it. Casting all your care on Him. Why? I love this. He careth for you. It's a continual caring. Preacher, I said some things. I thought some things. I, I've done some things I'm not proud of. Let me tell you something. He still cares for you. He still loves you. He cares for you, man. That's deep. He knows you. Who in here really knows me? And who in here really knows you? I mean, none of us really want to be known completely. Would you be okay if we would just be able to put up on these TVs today every thought that went through your head this past week? Every last one? Just right there? Just let's run through them? I don't think none of us would be, be, be okay with that. Uh, but I'm telling you, Jesus knows all that about us. And you know what? He still cares for us. He still loves us. He still wants us to come to Him. It's a continual thing. He careth for you. Man, what a blessing. So, casting all your care. You ever go fishing? If it, this ain't what this ain't we're talking about, okay? If you're thinking, oh, casting all your care like a fisherman, you know, there's a problem with that, though. Because some of us come into church and we cast our cares on the Lord. And then we walk out of those doors and we're winding them right back up again. No, 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 no. This ain't talking about casting and reeling back in again. That's, we're, we're good at that. 
Listen, no, he's saying you cast it and you leave it. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Luke says this, Luke 12, verse 7, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, or ye might not much more value than the sparrows. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Anybody, can anybody tell me the shortest verse in the Bible? Boys, can you tell me the shortest verse in the Bible? Hawker? Anybody? Jesus wept. Anybody give me the reference? John? I'm about to forget it myself. I got, a good, I got my cheat sheet up here. Okay, I got it. I know it now and you don't. Uh, so I searched John 11, 35. John eleven thirty five. 35, shortest verse in the Bible. And there, some of you have already said it, Jesus wept. Really short, really powerful. Jesus just had a friend die. Jesus just had a friend die, though, mind you, that he knew full well he was about to raise from the dead. I personally believe he was not crying over the death of Lazarus because he knew about the the death of Lazarus four days before, didn't cry, didn't weep. But he comes to see Lazarus' sisters and his friends, Mary and Martha, and they're heading out to the grave. Oh, listen. And Mary and Martha are broken. They're disappointed. They're, listen, hey, anybody? Have you ever wondered what in the world God's doing and why He's doing it? You ever wondered where God's at? That's where Mary and Martha were at. I thought we had this relationship here, Jesus, and thought we were pretty close, and, but we called on you and you didn't come when we asked you to come. Anybody? I thought, I thought, I thought He loved me. Where's this whole loving me business and he's not doing everything I expect him to do when I expect him to do it? I don't understand. But that's kind of where they were. And, and I don't know about you, but if I, if I was Jesus, well, if I was Jesus, I guess I'd be God so it wouldn't happen. But if I was in that place, guess what? If I was Jesus, I'd get pretty annoyed about that. I'd get pretty annoyed with me sometimes too. Can I say that? After all I've done for you, but he didn't do that. He came, Mary and Martha. Martha was bitter. I mean, she didn't even want to see Jesus. Uh, Mary came out and, and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother hadn't died, which is just a true statement. But Jesus is walking out there, and he sees these ladies, and their hearts are broken. You know what happened right there? All of a sudden, the Bible says this, going back to our reference, before John uh, uh, 10, 35, 11, 35, the Bible says he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Guess what happened? We have an example of Jesus getting touched. What Mary and Martha was feeling, Jesus started to feel. And the Bible did not say that Jesus missed it up a little bit. And it did not say that Jesus cried and some tears came down his eyes. And Oh, as, as he wept. As he, as he felt the pain, of, he knew that he was about to do something miraculous in their lives. But even then, he paused and felt the pain that they were going through. And I'm telling you what, it's no different for you and for me. Jesus wept. Amen? I I love this. Thinking about the Lord loving us. The Bible says, The Lord make His face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. And Numbers, that's where it's first started, and we know that it's repeated as a blessing a number of times. The Lord calls His face to shine upon thee. Uh, (laughs) Listen, I'm talking about Jesus caring about you. Now, the problem with some of us is 
Some of what I'm telling you right now was a little bit easier to believe maybe when you first became a Christian. But since then, you've messed up a time or 200. Since then, you've, uh, you've, you've became pretty acquainted with yourself as a person and as a Christian, and you're thinking, man, I think I'm worse now than I was before the Lord saved me. You want to know something? I've told you, I lived a sinful life before Jesus saved my soul. But I would say I'm worse today than I was then. You want to know why? Because Danny, when I choose to go against Jesus today, I'm choosing to go against Jesus. The one who saved my soul, the one who I know. Now my sins may not look as bad uh, as they looked back then, but let me tell you, sinning against love is a pretty awful thing to do. So we get really acquainted with ourselves, and it's really easy to start thinking, man, I don't think Jesus cares all that much for me anymore, and I don't blame him. I'm not even asking him to. I'm not going to ask for his help. Why would he? I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to do it. Why would I? He shouldn't. But let me tell you something. He still cares about you. He still loves you. And I love this picture of God's face shining on you. And again, what I always go back to, and I, I say it a lot, but it's in Romans chapter number 8, where the Bible says, He that spared not his own son, how will he not with him freely give us all things? In other words, I'll remind myself probably on a daily basis that Jesus, if you love me enough to die for me, you love me enough to help me through this. And, but, that, but, but the Lord calls His face to shine upon you. Uh, I get accused of being weird and creepy around my house sometimes. Okay, uh, and the reason why is I uh, my my love languages uh, it, my my love languages are um, words of affirmation, physical touch. I'm I'm very expressive in my love, uh, in my care. All right, and now that is not shared across the board in my family. Uh, the number one love language probably in my house is sarcasm, um, and uh, and and after that I don't know, but but uh, but. You want to know something that, that, that I kind of, uh, they, they've, they've just about come to overlook it, but I still kind of weird them out with this sometimes. It's almost on a nightly basis, okay? We're settling down in the evening, getting ready just to spend some family time before bed. I sit in my recliner, and my recliner kind of faces this way, and I'll just get in the exact position. My recliner is right here, and our couch is right here, and it's a pretty big, long couch. The whole family can fit on that couch. And I'll just be sitting there, They're watching TV, and I'm like, my goodness, y'all. And I'll say, you girls, I mean, my gracious. And, I, and I'll just stare at them. And I'm just looking at them. Ain't it creepy? Y'all getting creepy and uncomfortable just talking about it. And I'm like, look, that's my family. That's my boy right there. Look. And I, and I, I look at him. That's why I was just, look, boy. Hey, buddy. And, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I'll look at my daughters and I'll look at my wife. You know what's happening? My face is shining on them. That's what's happening. My face is shining on them. I'm just like, wow. My face shines on my wife. My goodness. Uh, listen, it, it, it's, it's just an expression of like, I'm crazy about y'all. I, I, I love y'all. I can't believe y'all are in my life right now. Uh, this is, a, I get to be a dad. I get to be a husband. And I'm just looking, and, but my face is shining. Now, you want to know something? Think about that now. God's face shining on you. Ain't that a beautiful picture? Can't you just see God up in heaven being like, wow, that's my boy. That's my girl. There she is. I mean, you know, Tavian and Mackenzie, how proud of y'all are that little girl? How's your face shine? 
I'm telling you. I'm just trying to tell you, if you don't get nothing else to say, I'm just trying to tell you Jesus cares about you, and you need to know that. And the challenge that I'm going to end with is just simply this. The Bible says here in verse number 16 of Hebrews 4, Let us therefore... So because of all that we previously stated, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain grace to find mercy, obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Your challenge is to come. Your challenge now is to cry out to Him. Your challenge is to accept His love. I don't know how to say this, but quit being proud and foolish and Quit looking so much at how sorry you are that you forget to think about how good He is. Now I'm talking, listen, I'm, I'm talking about turning from sin. I'm talking about all that. But what I'm saying is, us just having that attitude, well, no, no, I'm, I'm too sorry and low down. Yeah, you are. But He's high and lifted up and He loves you, amen? And if you, and, and if you cry out to Him, He's going to run to you. And He'll help you. Don't lean on the world. Lean on Him. I mean, turn to Him. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Avail yourself today of His help and power. Child of God, I'm telling you, I learned a long time ago to learn to embrace what I'm telling you today. And and it, it, it changes the way you live. I'm not happy and joyful and all that because, man, I'm such a good person. I'm, I'm killing it, man. Wow. Can't believe how good I am. It's not that. I'm joyful and I'm happy today because how good God is to me. And, and I'm just an old sinner and I mess up and I trip up and I, you know, but I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that loves me like crazy. And the Bible says if I confess my sin, He's faithful and just forgive me of my sin. So I confess my sin, I turn from my sin, He forgives me, He loves me, and we go on. Amen. Never, never does my God kick me over into the mud and just say, wallow there a while and figure it out. He says, I'm going to get you out. eh? I'm coming to your help. Did you cry? Did you call? I'm there. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able. I'll help you. I'll help you. Man, that's your Savior today. But you've got to embrace the fact. You've got to accept. You've got to know the fact that He loves you today. Amen? So let's all stand. He cares about you today. And Sonia, if you'd come play something softly and, and whoever else is playing. But just 